On this week's show, Dover boss Andy Hessenthaler down in the dumps after another big home defeat. I've just said that to him now, you know, they're terrible goals. They're not really hurting them, have they? It's, we've given them three goals. And Wizzle Town Manager Lloyd Blackman tells us what life's like for the Oystermen during the second lockdown. From, um, from a club's perspective, I suppose it's just... And the same as every other club, it's 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 grit your teeth and, and, and just try and get through it the best we can do. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only podcast brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. Another interesting week in the world of Kent Only football and yet again we're going to try and lift your mood with around an hour of chat about things that are happening and those which aren't. I'm John Phipps and wearing jeans for the first time since Friday just for this podcast and on the line now is well I want to take the mickey uh, <laughs> but it's been a rough 16 hours or so. Matt Gerard, when someone replies to Dover's final score tweet by telling them they can't wait to hear your views on this show. I know it must have been a bad one, but take that away for a while. Go to your happy place. Tell me, are you okay? Yeah, mate, I'm good. Yeah, um, we absolutely came Christmas at the weekend, which is good. From the from the uh, dining room table, absolutely came Christmas. So apart from two presents, bang, Christmas is done. So that's a good thing. It cost me a bit in the old pocket, but. <laughs> It got the, my wife was a little bit panicky. Um, oh, another, another shop's going to be open, so we've done that. Christmas is done. Uh, I had a, what a nice weekend. We didn't do too much. Uh, exciting my life is, I was watching absolutely v Chippenham Saturday wow. afternoon with the rain, you see? <laughs> and I do do um, uh, work for this programme. And I thought, oh, I'll watch that because it was free on YouTube. Didn't pay the um, thing, so I watched that. Um, yeah, and everything you went well till about, about that like, later then. Yeah, so apart from that, yeah, I, I'm good, mate. So um, when I get into the uh, the rant later, we can go from there. But apart from that, yeah, life's good. But you know, if my life revolved around how my um, moods would be for football, basically, I'd have, I'd have departed this planet about 35 <laughs> years ago. So there you go. So if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. There you go. Well, exactly. Well, hopefully we'll make you be on the laughing side over the next uh, half hour or so while we're chatting. Anyway, it's our 146th episode this week. When I put that number in Google, it starts just in local takeaways. It's 146, perhaps some sort of slang for takeaways. Either way, it's one of the most expensive numbers that I know. So I'm going to go through it. It's a bit of a long story, but it's worth listening to. You see, many years ago, my dad went dog racing and it was a work do or something because he was entertaining people. He just decided he'd do the same combination tri-cars down the car on every single race. The numbers he picked that night were one, four and six. So if you don't know about greyhound betting, that means in the six dog race to win, you need those three to be first, second and third in any order. And it kind of stuck. So whenever me and my dad go dog racing, every single race, we put on 146 trio combination, 50p on each possibility. So that's three pound a pop. It's very rare that we come out with a profit. But even when one comes in, you're normally doing all right. It's also spread. Firstly, to betting shops. Many a time we've been in a town centre and I've been asked if I want to invest one pound 50 at returns, which are frankly appalling. And now in COVID times, it's even gone as far as watching the odd race on TV and betting online. Gamble aware, etc. But to be honest, one four six brings us a fair amount of enjoyment, and any number of bookies, plenty of cash from the Phipps boys. Uh, so yeah, one four six. We've had the odd. So, so, they, so they've got to go one six four one. So they've all got to finish in the top three, have they? Yeah, in any order. So one four six six four one. Really high. Yeah. So normally, if one comes in, you're looking at for our fifty p stake that we've put on that one. You're normally looking at getting forty odd quid back. That's I think right. once we That's so what you haven't won. That's eight hundred to one, isn't it? If, if one comes, in, no, it's eighty to one. Good, yeah, good match. Yeah, if, yeah. if one comes in, it means United the dogs is paid for basically, uh, but they don't come in that often. And and it's quite funny because sometimes me and Haley go into town and we're just at a loose end and we walk in the bookies. And I always look at the results. And I'm like, should have been here twenty minutes ago. Should have been here half hour ago. So uh, it's yeah, but it, it'll always stick. And I will always, uh, whenever I'm in the market for betting on a dog race, it will always be one four six trio combination. So uh, um, I do like a game. I used to like going to the dogs. They used to go to Canterbury. I yep. didn't really like sitting bomb because it when it. it Did you ever go to Dumpton Park? No, no. I, I know people who live on the um. Well, Wyvale apparently lives <laughs> yeah. on the uh, track now, but no, that was before my. We used to go every sort of Christmas. We used to go to Canterbury, the Longmead, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, we used to Kingsmead. Do Kingsmead, and it was um, we was like family tradition. I really enjoyed doing that, and then, you know, then, then we I'm on a, we were on a cricket end of season tour. 
cricket cricket end of season competition that, that was a thing and i'm sure there was a dog that was either called matthew or gerard and i put a lot of money on it and it won i remember that but that was but it's, well, so it's my my mum's uncle used to own greyhounds oh, yeah. um when i was very young when i was about five or six and they used to race out of dumpton park because sittingbourne wasn't a thing then so I used to go to dumpton park quite a lot and then a few years ago Oh, about seven or eight years ago, me and my dad decided that we'd have a bit of it. So we actually had two racing greyhounds um, for a while. We had one who was called Maybe Charlie and one who was called Aero Socks. And uh, they both raced at Sittingbourne. And obviously we had to pay the kennel fees and everything like that. And we had to buy them in the first place. Um, and Expensive. they were 500 quid, something like that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the kennel fees weren't, weren't too pretty. But basically when they raced, they, they pretty much paid for their kennel fees um and we had one race where it was i don't even know how, how she got entered but socks got entered into a trophy I- event oh, and um she lost by a neck of winning us 500 quid we were oh. gutted absolutely it was so close like charlie love him he started really quick every single race he'd be winning at the first corner and then he'd just blow up he must have won three or four times in the time we had him socks won a few more but then they both got injured uh in the space of about six months and they both got injured um charlie broke his leg and was lucky not to be uh not to be put down but uh we still used to go and walk him on a sunday uh, and see him for a while afterwards as well and and i hope that they're both doing very well they both i know i know socks has been adopted and uh, i don't know what happened to charlie but i hope they're both still doing well but we had a, a lot of enjoyment uh out of out of those dogs could could, could we have the kent non-league chase <laughs> possibly could we, could we could do yeah yeah i mean I might, it might cost us a bit of money but yeah, well, that's, that's always a bit of yeah the kent, yeah I, I presume sitting but i don't know if it's still on dog racing it's, it must be I think so, yeah. Well, that yeah. is a good night out. That is a good night out. It is a good night out. Very good night dog. out. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, one four, no. So, anything else? One four six. But you mentioned about the chart. Is that maybe one four six was like chicken chow mein or something? Possibly. I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about, we're talking about greyhounds and me losing. So, talking to losers. Uh, and that is the one and only dig, I promise. Let's start in the National League. On Tuesday night, it was a night to forget for Dover Athletic and my good mate. As they were beaten 5 1 at home by Woking, the second time they've conceded five at home this season already. A result which leaves them second from bottom in the table and with an alarming goal difference of minus 16 after just eight games. After the game, Matt spoke to boss Andy Hessenthal and started by saying from the commentary box he couldn't see any positives. But could the boss? No, no. We've been in there for a long time, being tomorrow. Um, you know, five goals. We go 1 0 up, started pretty well. Um, simple cross from the left-hand side, experienced centre-back, um, ball-watching and, and not marking his man uh, in the middle of the box, who's scoring a few goals, the lad from, from Charlton, which we don't know where I'm at yesterday on them, video and everything, their strengths, their weaknesses. So we prepared right yesterday um, and you didn't defend from across, you know, simple as that. Uh, second goal, Adi Aziz, man, on the board, pick up Ferdinand, he's a, he's a danger. Big lad Adi, isn't he, you know? Let's him score. Then let's him score again. Uh, three goals, at, at, just from... The poor goals to concede. Poor goals. Yeah, listen, got eye behind it. I've just said that to him now, you know, they're terrible goals. They're not really earned them, have they? It's, we've given them three goals. The, the cross, can you stop the cross? Can you pick the centre forward up? Because that's your job. Uh, and we could see it from the dugout. We could see that he was on his own, the lad. And Will's just, you know, not marked him. He's held his hands up. But I expect better from someone like that, you know. Uh, Addy, he'd been experienced enough. Big lad. Be strong. Be aggressive. Make sure that you're the player that you've been designated to mark on the board in the change rooms before the game. Make sure he don't get in front of you. Make sure he don't get above you. Make it difficult for him. No. We give silly fouls away to give him that opportunity as well. Um... And then another experienced player, poor discipline, goes and gets sent off. Oh, he's let us down. He's let, I've just told him, yeah, he lets down. Um, just not good enough. You know, all of a sudden now I'm questioning myself. Yeah, I was going to say about that. You know, I brought the group in. We all know, listen, let's don't start hiding behind the, the situation in the summer. It is tough. Financially, it's tough. 
but come on, you know, we, it's, it's 11 v 11, a group of players, still some good experienced players out there with some younger ones. You know, let's not, let's not hide behind that. We should be winning that game tonight, simple as that. Uh, so, yeah, you question yourself. Listen, I've been in relegation battles before. I was in a rele- relegation battle when I came here. Um, to me, I would say this side is probably weaker than the side that you came in with. 100%. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we had to we had to get players in at that time. We came in, um, but, but they were experienced players. Can you bring experienced players in to help out you know, the goalkeeping situation again? Yeah. Paul Lad must be confidence must be shot a little bit. Yeah, listen, he's made a he's made an error isn't he, in terms of coming out and getting booked, and then they score from that. But listen, can we help him out? You know, in terms that he's made a mistake at the cross. We, you know, the lad's got a header. We we got to defend that the header. So. Um, yeah, listen, we've got to look at it. You know, obviously, we're in tomorrow. I'll speak to the chairman and we'll see where we can go. Is there any money? I don't know. I don't know. But listen, all I'd say, we're only eight games in. You know, we are in a relegation battle at the moment. There's a long way to go. But if we keep shipping goals like we're shipping them and we've changed the shape. Um, but it's not about shape tonight. You know, we, we brought... I thought we had a, a, a strong team out there tonight in terms of experience as well. And it's about defending set plays and crosses. It's not about shapes. Um, we can talk about shapes all the time. It's about you making sure your man don't score. And we didn't do that. You know, after going one new up, we should go on. If if we concede one, we don't go and concede again the way we did. So, um, yeah, listen, it's down to me and the coaching staff. And, but, yeah, the players, we're all accountable. Um, and we'll be in it tomorrow. And we've got to get it right, you know, simple as that. And, you know, we've got to continue to make sure that we, uh, well, we've got to stop the, stop the rot now. Otherwise, it's going to be a long season. Do you fear for your job? Uh, not really, you know. Um, but you know, it's all about results, and we you got to win. We got to win football matches. We, our remit this season is to stay in the division uh, because that's what the chairman said. Because of the obviously the pr- problem that was highlighted. But I want to don't want to just stay in the division. I want to make sure that we have a good season, even with the, the you know with the group that we got. We know we're gonna we're gonna lose games. Um, so no, not really. But it's football, isn't it? You know, it's. Um, I've been in it a long time, so at the moment we're in a scrap. So it's down to me, the staff and, and the players to um, to get us out of that. Game, Kings Lynn, uh, side, and I think they won at Barnet today, so they've been at the wrong end of the table. Would you say that's a must-win sort of game, just to get the confidence back? Well, we've got to get some confidence back. We're playing against a team that's conceded more goals than us, believe it or not. Uh, I mean, they've conceded 24. We've conceded 22 now, so it's going to be an interesting game, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they've had a good result tonight. They had a good result at Port Vale. Um, and then they, but they shipped in five at Sutton, didn't they? So, like, we've sh- shipped in five tonight. So, will be an interesting game, that. Uh, but, yeah, we've got to go there and they'll, they'll, they'll jump on the situ- our situation at the moment. And, like you say, we, we've got to find some confidence from somewhere. The only way to get confidence is start winning football matches again. And, uh, you know, let's... Um, Let's make sure we try and go and do that Saturday. Yeah, you've been critical of some of the players there, but you still think they've got the quality if they perform to their abilities to keep you up? Well, yeah, listen, I've said that and now I've started questioning, are we good enough? Are we good enough as a management team because we brought them in? Are they good enough as players to to um, to keep us up? Uh, you know, But if we carry on the way we are, the answer's no. Simple. So we've got to, um, we've got, you know, somehow got to address it. We've got to improve. We've got to get on the training ground. We've got to stop giving silly goals like we, we're giving away um, find a bit of belief yes we have got some younger ones out there but you know it's hard for them but I thought I thought our best part tonight was our captain again he, he actually if we had another 10 of him I thought Riggy put a shift in to be fair to him scored a goal should have scored two more but the captain's 33 years old Sam Wood and he absolutely gives everything he's gone in Nick outwards and I didn't really have to say too much to be fair uh, said my piece it's all right, you can throw yourself around and smash things up, but I'm past all that now. I'm past all that. I've just hurt because we, we've we've lost the game and uh, the way we lost it. And, you know, it's, um, I'm hoping that they're, they're feeling the same way tonight because uh, they should be. But like I say, how can you have days off? Can you, we've had too many days off and we look unfit. You know, it means let's get in and let's start getting fitter. Fitter mentally as well fitter. So maybe them concentration levels are a lot better than that we're showing. So let's get in and let's train and let's, let's, let's don't have any days off. Maybe a Sunday with a family. A clear disappointment from Hess there, Matt. And, and what I do like about that is you were able to have a good, honest conversation with him after the game. I've made a few notes as I've gone down listening to that, but it was refreshing, Matt, 
to hear him not making excuses. And and I suppose to you, as a Dover fan and pundit, do you think these players should be performing better, as Hess says? Yes. Uh, you know, the players that you mentioned there, De Havilland is the second time he's pulled De Havilland out there against the uh, my other favourite team from Surrey, Aldershot, where they've pumped five past us. He got the thing there and he's gone to Havilland again. And to be fair to De Havilland, you know, they, to be fair to Woking, Woking were better than Aldershot. I'll put that out there. I think Woking were better than Aldershot. The Dover have got problems, I would say, defensively, because if you can't, as I said last week, if you can't keep a clean sheet and you don't score goals, you've got issues. And they scored early on, Riggs scored. You think, oh, right, they're going to move on from that. But as I even said before the game, if you, to the guy I was commentating with, you know, just get the balls in the box from either flank and you're going to score. And the first three goals are, are poor, poor goals to concede. Um, so, and I do feel, so one of the major issues we've got is a goalkeeping issue as well. Because this guy comes in from Arsenal, he's a good shot stopper, but he's not ready for this level of football with the side Dover have. Because is he, he's exposed, isn't he? That's the problem. That, 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 he's made some rash decisions coming off his line. If Dover were middle of the table, um, etc., like that, with a bit of experience, yep, you give him a go. But I don't know if the defence have got any confidence in him. And secondly, I don't know if he's got any confidence in the defence, which is a concern. And at this level of football, I think an experienced goalkeeper could earn Dover a few points from, from that point of view. When Hess came in two years ago, and I, and I mentioned in that interview, somebody said about, I, I said to him in that thing, I thought the side he had now was worse than the one he inherited. I don't know if he thought that was the same question, but that's what I would say. The one that the team that got Kinnear sacked, who had so many points on the board, is better than this team. So that's my, and, and he's he's got to work on that. When he came in, he brought in like four or five experienced players and it got them out of the hole. And somehow he's got to do that again. And some of the fans are calling him for him to go. I don't think that's, is a use of money. If they've got no money, sacking Andy Hessenthaler and I presume Nicky Southall and Darren Hare who go with him wherever he goes would have to go as well. And I don't think that's a good use of money. And over need to spend players. By who players. would you get in? Who would you get in if if he went? Exactly. Um, you won't get anyone who would do a better job the, no, than Hess. Andy Hessenthaler. Yeah, I, I prefer to Andy Hessenthaler. I get on well with Hessenthaler. I think. Some of his signings have been poor um, and they haven't worked out. Go Burner in particular, I'm not his biggest fan. He got sent off yesterday. He slows everything down um, and it just hasn't worked out for him. You certainly go to a club, it doesn't work out for you from that point of view. Rig, I, I don't mind Rig. Uh, Munns, I don't mind them as well. I think they've got something to offer. But Dover need, I would say, if they're going to spend money or if he's thinking of sacking him, and at the moment, you know, if they get tonk five nil at Kings Lynn, he's probably got nowhere to go, has he? On that basis, I don't. I think Andy is up for the challenge. But if you said to him, Andy Hestaler, there's some money to go and bring in what I would say would be a keeper is an absolute must. If he doesn't fancy the other two keepers we've got, he's got to go and get a keeper who's good at this level and has played at this level and can earn you five or six points a season because that could be crucial at the end of it. He needs to somehow get a leader in the team as well. You've got Wood, who is a good, well, he's probably Dover's best player, but they need somebody else. And, you know, you know when, you, when you're at games now, you can hear what everybody's saying. And Dover is so quiet. There's nothing. You know, there's no, they just look the shrug of the shoulders. And somehow they've got to get a striker in who can score goals as well. They may have that within the camp. If Louis Collins could do it, they've got to do that. I think that's what they need down the team, maybe through the spine of the team, you know? Some players to get in. I completely understand what you're saying, and and you know I, th- I think you mentioned Louis Collins there, and we know he's raw, we know he's young, we know you, you know everything about that, and it's a lot of expectation if you're expecting him to to come up and score all the goals. I mean, I'm sure there's a there's a, a player in there definitely, but it this isn't the time to be blooding a, a, a young striker and putting the burden on him. Um, but it's the experienced players that, that Hess has mentioned there. You know, it is your the Havilands, your Goburns. They're the ones who seem to be letting the team down. And and it doesn't matter doesn't matter how young your team, the rest of your team is. If the experienced players aren't standing up and really making uh, setting an example, 
that's where it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it, it is. To have a last season, arguably better than Loco, could win the ball in the air, lead it. You know, as I said before, in this, I like a defender who attacks the ball and the man, and we didn't do that. Either. Three terrible goals to concede from it. Uh, and I, uh, again, the co- there's, there's clearly a lack of confidence in there. And the concern is they've had 17 days off. What were they doing in those 17 days? Clearly not defending crosses because that's been an issue. I would say, unless they don't bring players in, we're going down. And I know I, I'm, I'm down, up and down with the sun with my views, John. But again, there's, you, need, you need some more players in who are up for the fight. When he came in, he brought Reason, he brought Lewis in. He brought Walker in, who eventually came over from Walker, but I was a big Walker fan anyway. So it's just those experienced players, even like Alfie Pavey, who's gone back to Dartford, came in, you know, had something about them. But again, that's my concern. That... And then it's only, I know they brought them back for training again, or back in for training, but I think they, does that work as well? Because the players are all oh, going to come back to training, and et cetera, like that, when they should be. I don't really know how to get out of it, really. If you were losing one or two nil, you think, all oh, right, it will turn the corner. But the goals they're conceding is terrible. As you mentioned, you know, they're conceding three goals a game. And over a season, that's a lot of goals they're going to concede. And, and that's not going to change until, as you say, I'm sorry for Tom Smith. Tom Smith could go and be an England goalkeeper in 10 years. Could well be. But at this moment in time, I don't think he's ready for the National League. And, and Sam Woods, you've mentioned him. Hess mentioned him. Uh, is he one of those players who, who leads by example? I've just actually finished watching the, the Tottenham documentary um, and, and they said Harry Kane is one who is quite quiet but leads by example. Is, is that what Sam Wood's doing? Does he need to, st- even though he's playing really well, does he need to step up and be a bit more vocal and try and get this team through it? I think he's getting frustrated, I think, Sam Wood, because Sam Wood's had a decent career and probably 34 years old. He doesn't want a na- relegation from the National League on his CV. And the way it's going... Again, I think when Dover have played well this season, and a couple of games they have, is when they've played three centre-halves, which pushes Pastley, one of Dover's better players as well, and Wood up the field, which gets them up the field a bit. And if clearly, if we've got three centre-halves, there's a good chance that one of them could actually win the ball in the air and head the ball away. Because that can be Teto, he expected to do that. He's he struggled as well. There's just a, a lack of cohesion, lack of confidence. And you could look at it back for the, you know, what went on in the summer when the players were going to take the pay cut and they didn't. But I think you, as Annie Hesitant said, you, you've got to forget about that. There's a bit of personal pride in the performances. And at the moment, it's just, um, yeah, you know, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. It's just disappointing because David worked so hard to get into this position in the National League. At the moment, they're going to be, down, well, I'd say down by Christmas, but that's only about 10 games into the season. But down by February, is it? Something like that. But it could turn around. And if he could get... You've seen that Hess can do it if he turns it around, if he gets the players that he wants. And clearly, he's got to get players in. And it, it's either Jim Parmenter has got to find some money from somewhere. And, and Jim's a proud man. He won't be happy. And I think he even left the game a little bit early last night. So he wasn't happy, but... I know Hess's dealings in the market haven't been great, but if he gives a little bit of money, you've got to give him another chance. But I know some people are saying that you get rid of him, but I think paying him off there is, in this climate as well, as somebody said to me, you know, David getting £83,000, whatever it is, using that money to pay off managers is probably not the right way to go. And I think you've got to, you've got to give him a chance. It could be six o'clock on Saturday and they've got top five Lil at King's Lynn. It could be a different situation, but they need to pick up results and they need to get at least a point at Kings Lynn against the side who conceded more goals than Dover. So I'm going nil-nil for that one now. Yeah. Um, b- before we finish on Dover, Matt, uh, do you know before this season the last time Dover let five in at home? Was it against Basingstoke, Chris Kinnear's season? <sighs> Absolutely correct. You know your stuff, mate. Basingstoke, April 2013. Yeah. It was their only defeat in 20 games at the start of the second Chris Kinnear era. I think it was Kinnear's first defeat in charge. Well, it was Kinnear's first defeat in charge. And you went on to lose in the playoff final that year, didn't you? So it's yeah, but I can't believe, in all the time I've been supporting David, I don't think I've been, that they've conceded five twice in, only, in a season at home. So, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, well, you got, yeah, ah, <laughs> and made all the better by who it's against as well. <laughs> yeah, fair play to us. 
you know, and none of it go back to Dover. You know, Dover, Woking have had have got really good low knees in. Yeah. So Dover haven't got good low knees, but they've got players who've played a bit of pedigree. That Davidson, who I rated for, uh, for Woking, he's played and scored in the championship. And Dover have getting low knees who haven't played at that level as well. So maybe where they are and things like that, or maybe, you know, clubs have seen all the issues they had in the summer. Well, I don't really want to let, send a player down there because um, the financial constraints, etc. So, yeah, fair play. Fair play. You know, I'm not woking. You know, thing is, I've seen us talk, talk them and I've, I've seen us them beat a 6-1 and 5-1. Ouch. Ouch. There you go. Fair play to them. Well done, Woking, and good luck for the rest of the season. Uh, elsewhere, Bromley are ninth after four points in the week. A 3-1 win at Barnet and some goal from Michael Cheek in that one, incidentally. Uh, and a 1-1 draw with Boreham Wood on Tuesday night. I'm beaten away from home, Bromley, and those are a couple of decent results for Neil Smith's men. Now, both sides are on the road on Saturday. Dover up at Kings Lynn, who, as we heard from Andy Hessenside and Matt, have conceded even more goals than the Whites. So it's either going to be 7-6 or 0-0. Uh, and Matt is going for the latter. Uh, well, Bromley go to Maidenhead for a long trip up to Altrincham on Tuesday night. And I bet that's a barrel of laughs in lockdown, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think Altrincham beat Chesterfield. So that was a good goal by Cheek. That technique on that, ah, oh, perfect. So again, Josh Vincent-esque, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And, and the thing was, cool. well. I saw it because a friend of the show, Luke Coulson, was digging him out for his celebration. Basically just turned around. But there's no fans there, are there? I, I think I think if you're going to score a screamer like that, you, you, under, you underplay it, don't you? You don't want to be running into the into the stand, into the the empty stands. Why not yeah. make the most of it? Yeah, I, I think I would have done that. He sort of brushed himself down, I think, and said, what a good, yeah, good player. Another good player, Michael Cheek. Another one I like in, in this division. But that's all-round game. Yeah. Probably ninth. How many games they played? Seven, is it? They played six. Seven, I think now. Yeah, oh, I think they'll be. They were thereabouts, I think. Yeah, just got to sort out their home form. They beat they beat Dover, of course, but they haven't won I think since then at home. So, um, they, yeah, they'll be there and thereabouts. I think. Uh, yeah, I think that I think the Neil again this part. In the, going back, if Dover win a couple of games, they're right at the top of the top of the table. You stay tight down the bottom, so you know it's very. T- this division's not going to look probably till January where it's going to go. So, um, yeah, I think probably will be happy so far. You clinging on to whatever straws yeah. you can find, mate. Uh, International League South then, uh, where Dartford stay top of the pile despite suffering a second successive home defeat on Tuesday night, this time to St Albans. Unbeaten so far this season, the, the Saints, and, and just three points behind the darts. They've played three fewer games. Uh, that probably, for Steve King, undid some of the hard work from Saturday uh, when the darts nicked a 2-0 win at Maidstone in by what all accounts was a close fought Kent Derby. Tom Bonner marking his 350th appearance to the club with a goal. And yet again, Matt, another excellent servant to, to Dartford racking up the appearances yeah I think um, good player Tom Bonner we had a game we had him at Dover for a while went to Ebsley good solid again a defender who likes to head the ball of the man good finish as well left footed driven in the corner um, he was a bit out of favour I think on the previous manager and when um, Steve King in I think he was a bit out of favour but he's come back in got his place in the side and key player for them 350 appearances and what you love about Dartford how many players that over the last, you can name half a dozen players who've done 300 odd games for the club, which really shows the, the standing of that club. Absolutely. And, and congratulations uh, to Tom. Uh, the Stones, having been beaten on Saturday, then travelled to Ebbsfleet on Tuesday night. This one was also closely fought. So much so, in fact, that it ended nil-nil. Uh, Fleet had won 2-1 at Chippenham on Saturday. Uh, and Matt, you watched that game, as you were saying, at the top of the show. So so I told you what I thought of Fleet last week. What did you think of them this week? Um I thought they were going to go and win. When they were 1-0 down at half-time, when they were knocking on the door, if I was did you and did your betting, as we mentioned earlier, I thought, oh, absolutely going to go and win it. And they, Goodman got both goals. So they wouldn't... Um, but yeah, knocked to the ball around nicely. News would have in. And sh- showed a good thing when you got your big ugly centre-half knocking the ball in the back of the net as well. So good second one with a good header. Yeah, I thought Ebsley, um had enough in the tank to beat Chippenham. Um, I think they knocked him out of the cup earlier this season. But, yeah, knocked the ball around nicely. Some good players. The fullback Rowling, I thought, had a good game. He co- caused problems to the um, their fullback. Um, yeah, I think it's a good result. Would you take, I presume, the, the, the derby against uh, Maidstone? You'd probably, you know, you win four points out of them two games they probably would have taken. It's just worked out that you've won away and drawn at home. But that's probably a good result against the Maidstone side as well. So, I think, absolutely, I think... Uh, I think they'll be they'll be quite happy with their start as well. Sixth and seventh, them and Epstein and Maidstone. So, 
Well, we'll, uh, take, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take first, sixth and seventh if it's offered us at the end of the season, won't we? Yeah, well, yeah I, I, I expect all three to be in the play, in, in the top seven. So, we'll, where they'll be. But I see a lot of, again, that league about it. So, you haven't only played five games. So, it's still very, very... And you wouldn't have thought the likes of Hungerford, maybe St Albans and your new boys Eastbourne would be up there. But they're, but they're doing well. But, yeah, I think uh, oh, yeah, all in all, decent start to the season. I think it's another Kent Derby this weekend, isn't it? It certainly is. Uh, and instantly you say my new boys. You know, I've lived in Eastbourne for two years this week. Right. But they're so, always going to be your new boys. Well, true. Fair enough. Uh, you were a former sponsor of them, weren't you? I should say that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Tom Jane just collected a solitary point from their two fixtures, losing 4-1 at Dorking on Saturday for a 2-2 draw with my boys, Eastbourne Borough. Uh, while it was a better week for Welling as they won at Hemel Hempstead to claim their first win of the season and followed up with a 2-2 draw against Billericay Town. As you just said there, Matt, another Kent Derby on Saturday. Ebsfleet hosts Tunbridge Angels. Well, Dartford plays Slough Town again, having lost to them in the FA Cup last month. Welling are at home to have at Waterlooville. And Matt, you're off to the Gallagher to see Mainstone against Billericay. Yeah, I, in all the time I think the Billericay have been on their horizon, probably five years, I've never actually seen them play. So should be a good game. Mainstone against Billericay. You look at the Billericay squad, i a quick scan of that. They've got some really good players and you expect them to be at the top of the table. So Mainstone need to bounce back. Um, draw and defeat in the last two. Home against Billericay. You thought Billericay would be up around it. So um, interesting to see. I'm looking forward to seeing. I've seen the darts. And now I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the Stones. Well, I've seen the Ebsley, well, by telly, so I'm getting around the teams anyway. Yeah, I mean, it should be, in- I'll, I'll be really interested to see your, to hear your scouting report from Maidstone, to be honest, because, you know, they've had a really good start to the season. They, they've obviously um, got some good players in there and, and it will be good to see. And I'm, I'll also be interested to know what it's like at the Gallagher with no fans as well, because every time I've been there, it's been packed out, so... Uh, that'll be an interesting one. There's also some games on Tuesday. Uh, Tumbridge Angels at home to bottom of the table, Braintree and Welling at home to St Albans. So it's all uh, it's all starting to even itself out a little bit, although it's going to be a while but like, like in the National League before we really know who the teams to, to, to beat. And, and St Albans, Matt, I mean, that, that, I wasn't expecting them to be up there, but unbeaten so far and, and a good win for them against Dartford. So it could Is anyone could win this league. St Albans? What? What? Was it St Albans and Hungford who were bottom of the league last year? Mm. It all went off. There was, wasn't it? Yeah, it's 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 very interesting uh, seeing these teams. And it's like we've kind of said a couple of times. You know, you see sometimes um, the the teams that were doing badly last season have really run with it this year, and the teams that are, that were doing really well last year, some in some cases are finding it hard going. So uh, it's, it's it's very interesting. But yes, yeah, St Albans uh, are, are doing the business. Mm. So they beat Epsilon, didn't they? Yeah, again, now the, the quality, I suppose, that what happens, also going to say, was it supposed to, when's the, tro- is it supposed to be the trophy next weekend? For these That's sides? a good question. Probably would have been. So what, they haven't got games. So what do they do? I don't know. I'm sure it must have been about, around about the 25th. It must be, yeah, it must have been the trophy because in a couple of weeks later, the National League team comes in. Yeah. So if there's no what happens then clearly not, that'll be a farce, wouldn't it? <laughs> have a week off. Have a week off. You're the you're the one league that's supposed to be playing and you've got the week off. That would be insane. But uh, no, there's a well, no, there's a full program of fixtures on the 28th according to the uh, BBC website. Uh, but there's no fixtures at the moment on the 5th of December, which technically speaking uh, is when we're out of lockdown according to uh, to the beloved. Uh, Prime Minister. So, um, the this week, isn't it? So FA Trophy round eight. Yeah, because that must have, I thought it must be the fifth. I mean, at the moment, there's a full programme of fixtures on the first. Should they not be thinking, should we play them on the on the Saturday if there's not going to be any FA Trophy? I don't it know. It is the fifth. Yeah, it is the fifth. So, because it's supposed to be last week was the trophy. So on the, that's going to be midweek now, isn't it? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they, how they're going to do all this. It's, oh, well, I don't think anyone knows uh, what's going to happen. I mean, I obviously that we've seen. Got, got a week off because of, yeah, that there must, there must be teams who've got to rearrange matches. But you just, surely you just choose a game that's probably played on a Tuesday in the middle of February when it's and March. bring it forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's all very up in the air. Uh, obviously, we've heard from Andy Hasentide. We have got another interview for you this week as well, um, because obviously there's no football in the, in the Isthmian League uh, at all, or the Scaffold. Uh, but I thought it was a good opportunity to catch up with, with the manager and just find out how things are going. Uh, so earlier on today, I spoke to Whitsville Town Manager Lloyd Blackman. 
to talk about how their season's going. But obviously, first and foremost, how the virus is affecting a, a well-run club like Whitstable. So here is Lloyd Blackman. I mean, the, the, the thing what we're doing in this second lockdown is obviously yeah, carrying on, should we say, the efforts and the work that we did from the, from the first lockdown. So the... The first lockdown presented itself with lots of different challenges that the club had never seen before. Um, so therefore, continuing from the good work that the club had done in the first lockdown and then carrying that through to the second one. So everything, as we all know, is shut down. So the fortunate thing from the first team perspective is we didn't have, um, we didn't have, I think we had a two, three weeks worth of free fixtures, so we, for free Saturdays. So from a fixture point of view, we weren't. We're not missing out on games, which is, you know, we were. I said we had. I think we had three, two, two Saturdays spare. So we're not. We're, we're ahead of the fixture list, as it as it were. That, now that's assuming that obviously we restart once um, at the beginning of December. Um, so from a fixture first team point of view, um, we may miss a couple of weeks if you take the sec. You know, the, the second part of the lockdown, but. From um, from a club's perspective, I suppose it's just, and the same as every other club, it's 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 grit your teeth and 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 just try and get through it the best we can do. How does it work in terms of of, of players? Because I, mean, I know obviously you've got you probably haven't got loads of players on contracts, but do they still get paid, yeah. or is it or is it just sort of now? No, there's nothing coming in, so you're not training, you're not playing, so there's nothing. Well, that, that, those are conversations that we have with the players. So I don't want to discourage those. But as I said, from a contract point of view, yeah, contract stand. So they're conversations that we have with the players. But as far as I'm aware, that the players are getting paid um, on the contract side of things. But as I said, more, more, yeah, probably more, probably more. Um, we, 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 you know, we don't have many boys on contracts at our football club. So really, that's a case where. Um, as I said, we there are probably more conversations we have with the players, but generally um, contracts are honoured as they would be. Um, as I said, unless unless yeah, so that's, that's pretty. In the first in the in the first wave, um, in the first wave, the players waived their contract money, which was fantastic for the club, and that was, that was really supportive. And how's I mean, in terms of obviously you can't all get together and train. So have they got programs they've got to keep? They've got to be out running and, and whatever. Yes, it's, it's a, exactly it. We 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 set them. You know, the, the one thing that I think we're aware of is, or, or we're unaware of at the moment, but we're probably assuming is that when we do go back to um, when things do unlock, if you if, 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 an easy way of putting it, um, then we don't know how long before. Um, before we then restart playing competitively. So there's lots of different rumours at the moment. I know that um, I think the league have just had a meeting to discuss um, with the FA, you know, the potential of restarting. Um, but we don't know. So if let's assume that the lockdown finishes on the 2nd of December, are we then playing on the 5th? Are we then playing on the 12th? Are we then playing on the 19th? We don't know. So, so I think it will be very harsh for the to expect the players with sort of six weeks off, as it were, a month, 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 five weeks, to then go straight back into it. However, we, we don't know. So from a player, from from what we're doing, um, from a coaching and management perspective, is is making sure that the players are um, doing everything they can be to keep themselves in shape, on form, um, you know, fitness wise. We've set them, or should we say, I'm speaking. I, I, I sent a message out into the group today to make sure that, as I said, they send me over their information and every single player has. They've, 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 they, they, they've recorded videos, they send over their, um, their sort of Fitbit um, analysis, fitness analysis that they do. Some of them have pods that they're able to then send me data on um, and to be put, like GPS, GPSs to track where they've been running, how far they've been doing, you know, the levels of heart rates and fitness levels, everything, that, as well as, like I said, personal videos of them out, out doing stuff. So really the, the emphasis is on the player at this moment in time and all we can do is just encourage them to keep doing it because the last thing we want to do is when we restart is then is then miss sort of a month's, five weeks' worth of, of of fitness levels because as we know it's um it's easy it's 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 hard to gain levels of fitness but it's certainly easy to to lose them um and and the last thing that we want to do is or should we say the players have got to be accountable that they make sure that uh when when we do restart what date that will be that they're in the best shape they possibly can be during these difficult times 
if you had the choice, would you rather have a couple of weeks and, and a, a couple of friendlies to get yourselves back up to speed? Or, or it, would it be just a case of, well, we've all got to go back into this. Let's all just go back into it together. Um, me personally, I think a week ahead. So if we were to, if we assume that the lockdown finishes on the second and we're then able to get two or three training sessions in as well as maybe a friendly, I think our, my personal preference would be to restart on the 12th. But like you say, it will be the same for everyone. So whoever, if, if the league do decide the 5th or the 19th, whatever it will be, um, then that's a decision we'll accept. But generally, I feel the 12th will probably be um, a good date just to allow everyone to get back in. I think we've seen, I can speak for myself, or I need to speak for myself um, regarding the amount of injuries that people have had and players have had. And I know you hear that on, on a grander scale in the sort of Premier League and other things. Now, I know it's slightly different, but we are being aware that, you know, players sort of rush players back straight in after having um, a month or six weeks without that high-intensity, um, you know, competitive football, um, then you are running risks of, of players injured. There will be a fixture backlog, okay, for, for quite a few clubs. Okay, I, I have said that we are two or three games ahead of some teams, but generally, I think the players will Welfare, the welfare of the players must be must be um, made aware of. Uh, so that I personally feel that two or three training sessions under their belt um, it makes the sort of twelfth um, a more a more ideal starting date. You said obviously the, the club have learned from the first lockdown and everything like that. But in terms of um, the, the finances of the club, because you're a well-run club, but you're a small club, how long can the club survive with no football and no income at all? That's a question you'll probably have to pose to, to 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 the powers that be above above my head. All I know is that this time, this current time, is that um, you know it is tough for for, for for us as a club. I'm sure it's the same for absolutely everyone else. Um, I'm not sure how you know what sort of funding levels there are for this second lockdown as opposed to the first one. Um, it, I, I, but my, my gut from the conversations that I have without going into too much depth you know it, there needs to be a restart fairly soon if, if things from a footballing perspective if we're unknown and the support if we're unknown when a restart is and the support that financially goes on past should we say Christmas or January whatever it will be then then there'll be a real real issue regarding regarding finances at football clubs and um, you know I, I can't speak for anyone else all I know is is that like you so we're we're hoping for a restart if it's safe and effective and it's safe and 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 and, um, and and the government give us the all clear to be able to do it then we'll be ready to go but as i said from um uh, from us from us as a football club we're okay for the time being we you know the the, the work that the club are doing is, is is fantastic and we just hope that like you say it's um it doesn't go on um uh, too far because as i said then then we're into territory unknown territories regarding finances I suppose you, like everybody else, are of the mindset of no fans, no game. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I feel that they they are the they're the lifeblood of of all of non-league. Um, you, you know, it's it, that's where clubs make you know, or should we say, you know, are able to to pay their players through the, through the money they make through the gate, through the money they make through the bar. It is almost sort of you know hand to mouth, and and that's. And again, that's not just. There's no. There's not really many sugar daddies around in the non-league circuit to be able to sort of continually provide um, or, or, or pay wages and pay, and pay for. So really, it's what comes in through the turnstile is is going. Is then um, is straight back into the club and, and distributed as as um, you know as necessary. And um, without those fans coming in, without the support of of, of, of like you said, the community, or the, the local fans coming in to watch games, then it makes those makes that situation very very difficult. That's for sure. And on the pitch, just finally, you're seventh in the table. Yeah, you've played more games than everyone else. But I, I suppose if we take out the the one probably aberration against Hyde, you've got to be fairly yeah. happy with the start of the season. Uh, yeah, inconsistent. I think is the right word, John. To be perfectly honest. Um, you know we've had we've had some some very average performances and yet we've had some very 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 good performances um and we probably haven't got um haven't got the, the i mean i take the east Grinstead and the cray valley games we can see two late goals late on and 
Um, don't want to sit there and argue about moan about refereeing decisions, but as I said, there it's probably a, probably a hot topic. Um, and 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 really, I don't think in some of those games we probably got what we deserve. But we're you know we're going toe to toe with some of the bigger clubs in this league and teams that I expect to be up challenging for for um for the title. So in that in 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 that aspect, I, I'm we're we're happy. Um, but as I said, we're certainly we're certainly not resting on our laurels. We want to make sure that we give us as I said we're we're pushing up as high as we can do in this league and and, and where that takes us, we'll we'll we'll, well, we'll hopefully hopefully see it coming into the season. He's doing a good job there, Lloyd Blackman, and, and and I think he kind of played his cards close to his chest about what it means uh, for Whitstable Town at the moment. But you can tell that if this goes on, it's going to be a tough time for them and I'm sure many other clubs. Yeah, I mean, he, was, he didn't mention about the contract situation, which is rightfully so uh, on that. Not the players aren't in contract, but trying to get fit. Yeah, it, it must be difficult from that. Where we are in the parts of Thanet we're very very high so you wouldn't have thought same in Swale do, as well yeah if you do come out of these places you're going to be very unlikely to be allowed to well everything's going to be still tier three so they could not be playing for a bit of a lot bit longer you can't just, so it must be really worrying for these clubs did the scaffolds at the Ryman league said they'd come start games on the 12th is that right did I read somewhere I think they they have indicated possibly they may start on the, it, there was a league up north somewhere, who've said they intend to start on the tw- on the twelfth. Um, yeah. Oh no, sorry. There's a league up north that have said they want to start on the fifth. It's the Scaffold uh, who've said they they intend yeah. to start on the twelfth. So they said uh, in a statement, which I have in front of me because I do prepare for this. Uh, believe it or not, it, it may not sound like it, but we do actually prepare. Uh, the Scaffold have said, assuming that the current lockdown does end on the second of December, it is our intention to restart league matches on Saturday the twelfth of December. That would free up Saturday the 5th to do, for clubs to use for friendly match or training. Uh, we're expecting December the 19th to remain as an FA VARS date, uh, but we'll await confirmation from the FA. So we'll not be issuing fixtures until we get further details. Uh, other parts of the country is further behind us due to the weather and COVID, uh, whereas we just have Stansfield still to play from the previous round. Uh, the Scaffold have also said there will be no midweek fixtures during December in order to ease everyone back in gradually after a four-week layoff. So we're conscious of overplaying without a proper pre-season. We're in a good position to catch up on the month we've missed later on in the season. They said games will be listed for Boxing Day, which hasn't been the case in the Scaffold the last couple of years. Uh, but if both teams agree, these games can be moved to the 27th or 28th of December. Um, so it, it is, but no one knows. As you say, Matt, we don't know what's going to happen in a few weeks time we've got no idea what's going to happen is the lockdown going to be lifted at all is there going to be a new tier that we can't get to or what we, we we've genuinely got no idea have we no and that, and that must be football clubs with budgets and people coming in and big parts of the community and the players themselves who've uh, getting their money from what they're planning keeping themselves fit so it's just like a a mid-season break when you don't know when the mid-season break's going to end as well. So at least you can, you know, again, it's great that these players, the days of football is, you know, at this level, you thought, you know, 20 years ago, you know, not doing anything. They're all fitness, got on their, on their Fitbits, getting it back to the manager. And I, I think, thought that um, was fascinating. Really, yeah, yeah, exactly, there is all yeah. that t- technology. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's really good that they can do things like that. And it, Lloyd Blackman, you know, he, you know, he's got respect for his players and, and he'll trust his players to go and do that because, you know, you'll soon get found out if you've just been sitting at home watching absolutely against chipping them on YouTube, eating back of the crisps like I was doing things like that. So, yeah, yeah, the players have got to be able to keep the fitness up. I, 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 I always want to know if you're naturally fit, I presume it's just general match startness, I presume. Yeah, and the worry about injuries, and I get that. We've seen a lot more injuries. And I, and I see today that the Football League have now announced that it's five subs. Uh, for the rest of the season and I, and I would imagine the Premier League won't be far off following suit and I wonder if the National League might as well although Matt is five enough for Dover um, <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't resist that one I thought that was I thought that was uh, like what uh, they'd be on the bench well exactly what, would you go on and try uh, yeah I, I won't I, well, I can't say what I want to say there because I'll get into trouble so there <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really But I suppose what we do have to remember in all this, yes, this is a, a silly little football show, but people are still dying. So we can't, as Lloyd Blackman kind of indicated in there, you can't afford to sort of let things slip 
and and just want to get back to football when you're still seeing nearly 600 people a day being killed by this horrible virus so you know football's not a priority but as we're a football show that's what we want to talk about so uh, well, please don't think BBC, for a second yeah. we're taking it lightly i see the bbc is saying that they think they get fans in december <laughs> that's madness to me that's not that surely of course it's not so it just uh, i think yeah i think one of the things we should just try and get on uh to try and work together trying to eradicate then worry about people coming in and, and if the but again it must be concerning for some of these and as he says i don't think you probably can play those games without closed doors so if we have to wait we have to wait but just hopefully we're not going to lose any clubs in this state no and, and as as i always say i hope that this season gets finished now because we've seen last season the mess that it caused by not finishing the season and even if we have to delay it even if we get a bit out of sync with with the leagues up above, we've got to finish a season at some point or combine the two together because it's just insanity that we are going to... Uh, maybe that's the way to do it. If this season does get curtailed and we don't manage to play the full programme of fixtures, combine the two seasons in the Scaffold, the Isthmian League, and, and then find the way of getting some promotion and relegation back in. And the teams that have performed the best over the two seasons will have deserved it, no? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the way forward. So, yeah. He's got to make sure. I think the National League should be abandoned now, John, but the other <laughs> league, they need to sort of, yeah. Yeah, abandon it now, but uh, make it no another void, yeah. <laughs> but let me just start my petition up now. Another <laughs> no, void, yeah, the National League. <laughs> but I think, yeah, the yeah the other leagues, they've got to, yeah, you've got to, I'm sure it will get finished, but I'm just hoping you're not playing Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all this time to fit it all in. So there has to be things, but great from the scaffold there. You know, knowing from what their clubs don't play midweek, so I think the scaffolds probably run pretty well, and and they've got their the clubs at their heart, and I and I, and I admire that from the scaffold. Absolutely. Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention: the Eastern League is Ramsgate. Um, have you seen about this run that they're doing? Yeah, Pete Goff, who's a listener. Hi, Pete. Hope you're listening. He's been, and I um, mentioned I did the quiz last week, and he said, oh, he was running somewhere. I said, oh, I mentioned it on the pod. I don't really know too much about it, but I know he's... So really it's like a there. virtual run, and they're trying to run round the distance from Ramsgate to every club in the Isthmian League. Uh, and when they get to the clubs, they donate 50 quid to the, a charity of the club's choice. Uh, and some of the clubs are also matching the, the donations as well. So uh, everyone at Ramsgate uh, taking part in the Rams run. Absolutely fantastic. And perhaps, Matt, you've got some contacts down there. Try and get someone on next week and we can have a chat about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pete, you know, I hit me up. You're on his big in that. He's a big hit runner. Me well, hit, me, yeah, hit me up on my DMs, man. <sighs> and then we can um, get maybe get him on next week to talk about it and how it came about. But Ramsgate doing really good stuff in the community. I think that's really good. Yeah, uh, well, that's pretty much it for the football chat. Obviously, Matt, uh, Friday is the big day. Are you excited? Uh, what, what, what will we uh, drop the mic and run off with a trophy? <laughs> that's the one. Yes. So uh, yeah, it's the uh, the virtual finals of the uh, Kent Press Broadcast Awards. On uh, on I forgot their name actually. I was just I was just calling the KPBA. And I forgot what they're actually called. But and yes, you got the goodie bag through, John. I and did. A, and, a, and a train ticket wasn't in there, which disappointed. No, but um, there's a program which I which I did tweet out uh, yesterday. Um, and my cat, who I put a picture of with our uh, with our board that we got for winning, has made the front cover of the program just too along from Ben Watts's dog. Incidentally, if you're uh, if you're listening, animal fans. <laughs> so um, did, did, uh, is our name mentioned, or is just your name mentioned? No, it's it's just um. It's just Kent Only Podcast, yeah. It's not. Uh, that's all it says, just all the way through. So, um, yeah, um, we are. We're towards the end. Find, how, how do, oh, we got a time in? What time I could log in and see? Well, it's all on YouTube. It starts at five, and I think we're second or third last award. So, um, be worth. Um, well, be worth tuning in at five o'clock and watching the whole thing. Um, but yeah, be. Uh, yeah, it'd be good. I mean, I, I'm not planning on uh, dressing up for the occasion. I might put some jeans on like I have done today, but I'm I'm just looking forward to it, to be honest. And as we kind of said before, uh, it's just uh, amazing to be a nominated, uh, to be nominated and reach, be on the shortlist um, alongside such big names. You don't have to log in and say thanks to my no. cat or something. No, it's just um, it's just going to be a, a a YouTube thing. There was a Zoom offer, but I thought, nah, I'm all right with that, thanks. So, um, yep. So it's just going to be on YouTube. Uh, I will, if they tweet the link out, I will share it with people, and you can see uh, us can probably you, uh, not uh, win. Uh, uh, um, 
can you text me uh, when after they know the results with one word or okay yeah i can do i will it think it doesn't have to be no or yes oh could... well i'll tell you what i'll either text you dover or woken and you can guess whether we've won or lost from that <laughs> you're being very nasty to me today <laughs> i've been upbeat about this and you keep dragging me down oh sorry um there you go there's that you know there you go. no yeah very nice to be nominated there you go that's our expectant speech yeah nice to be nominated yeah uh in other news uh during the recording, which I've edited out, there was a bit of a delay as I had to have a conversation with my uh, with my other half. It seems my advent calendar's turned up for the year, so that's impressive, isn't it? What's turned up? Advent? My advent calendar. Oh, oh last year you bought me one. Is that your beer thing? Yeah, my beer thing. My beer advent calendar has, has arrived today, yes, so I'm excited. The um, um, We are putting the... Well, my wife is putting the Christmas tree up this weekend. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, um... I don't know how it, I feel have you not that. got calendars in your house? It's it's the twentieth of well, yeah, November yeah, on Friday. Yeah, well, that's, and that's one of the bonus things was that I'm a football on Saturday because <laughs> I'll leave them to get on with it because I don't really, you know, I'll just put just like yeah, tinsel that'll do. But now it's got to be in the in the right format. I don't know how how I feel that the Christmas tree's up the twenty first of 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 November. If it was up the twenty first of August, I'd have real concerns. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I feel a little bit wrong about it but yeah oh no but everybody's saying because of the year everybody's had got to pick the up so ours, ours will be going is it a woman thing because again we had this conversation before if i lived on my own i wouldn't even put a christmas tree up I don't. I don't think I used to put one up when I when no. I lived on my own. Um, and to be honest, uh, I always offer to help when it comes around to putting ours up, but uh, it seems my skills are are not required. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, uh, incidentally, it's just flashed up on on Twitter in front of me that uh, Ramsgate today are visiting Harlow, Sittingbourne, and South Park uh, in their virtual run, uh, and uh, they're looking to pass the five thousand pound mark in terms of donations. Uh, yep. which is absolutely superb 166 miles uh they're aiming to do today uh which is absolutely magnificent. And, and that's just people pounding the streets is it i think yeah yeah, yeah. pounding the streets so around, like, around, like, around like, he's probably he could be pounding the streets listening, listening to, to this them. yeah if he does if he does what he's doing there can he do a sort of um whoopity do or something like that so the person going past and knows it yeah. can he did that he might have done yeah, but you done. know him better than i do yeah, is he the yeah, sort yeah, of person who do yeah, that yeah i reckon he is he definitely do yeah, can you do it again? Can you go whippity do now when you're listening? Thanks, Pete. Appreciate that. Cheers, Pete. Thanks very much. Um, quick telly recommendation for you. Have you watched Life on BBC One? No, I'm on the crowd, mate. Oh, uh, well, Life on BBC One is magnificent. Uh, so it was on about, I think it must have been on a couple of months ago now. It must still be available on iPlayer, but oh, wow, it's fantastic. Really. It's just a, about a, a house that's turned into four flats and the lives of the four people who live in the flats. Um, but it's it really pulls at the heartstrings. Uh, brilliant acting. It's got Alison Stedman in it. Oh, right, yeah, um, yeah. Adrian Lester. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's fab. Absolutely fab. So I really, really, really heartily recommend that. Uh, and we're going to I think we might start watching The Crown soon. But it's been hard. I've been watching all my big boy football. So I've not had a chance to watch. Uh, much, uh, what to big be boy honest. football have you been watching? Uh, what did he do last night? Croatia against Portugal last night. Finished three two, so that was quite good. Was Ronaldo playing? Um, yes. Um, for yeah, once, he didn't score actually. Because um, of course, uh, Scotland getting through, mate. Yeah. I've got tickets for that. Oh, you have, yeah. So, but, uh, somebody said, well, and I uh, and I win either way with that, don't I? So, what, what is that then? Well, because I, if Scotland win, I'll just point out where I was born and I'll be away, won't I? All right. So somebody said, "Well, I'm thinking about that. I know because they cost me a little, a lot of money these tickets when we had that conversation. From there, I could probably ten times, do you reckon? Possibly, well, yeah, yeah. I did mention that to the wife, and she said, "Well, just sell it then. Well, it's quite a big event, England. Why don't you sell two of them? No, I've given two to Tom. Uh, Tom Bird's coming, so and I said to him, that would probably Tom will probably sell them anyway. So <laughs> I'll turn up, and there'll be some random." Scott, Scotsman. <laughs> Scotsman with his kilt on next to me, so it may scare Megan a bit. But no, I shouldn't really. No, it, it should. Well, a, it's not going to be on, is it? They're not going to ninety thousand at Wembley, are they? No. Thought, but I probably could sell it. But what from there? But yeah, yeah. Any Scotsman listening, I do have two tickets for the um, England Scotland game. What would you offer me for them? If I, if not, that I probably would sell them. 
So my wife said, could you get 50,000 from it? No, no, probably not. 50,000? <laughs> I don't quite think Mrs. Gerard is in touch with the uh, tickets out market, which probably is no surprise. But uh, yeah, no idea about it. I got, got, got in last night when I went upstairs. I woke her up. Did wake the kids and we lost 5-1 and she said well, well the good news is you didn't lose 6-1 that was what she said and went back to sleep so well she's she's seeing the positives she's trying to yeah I like it uh, anyway um, we've talked long enough now about uh, the heartbreak that Matt suffered last night uh, and uh, and lots of other things hope you've enjoyed this week's show don't forget to find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well. Search for the Kent Only Podcast on Twitter. I am at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Thanks to everybody for listening this week. Thanks to Lloyd Blackman and thanks to Andy Hessenthaler. I know he kind of has to speak to you after the game, but it, <laughs> and I'm sure on in, in some occasions he rather would not. Uh, and uh, but he but he still did it and uh, and spoke very honestly as well, which is always really really appreciated. Uh, so yeah, have a good week, everybody. Uh, you never know by the time you come back to this week's next week's Ken Only podcast, we could be an award winning podcast. Uh, I very much doubt it. It'd be like Leicester winning the Premier League. Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thanks to you, Matt. And uh, we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. Positive mental attitude. We will stay up. If the league's abandoned. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week.